Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. And today, oh, sorry, hang on. Hello, Janet. Hi, Lucia. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about this movie? Oh, I'm so ready. That's why I wanted so to I. dive right in. I'm, I'm just worried, like, I'm worried this is going to be the movie that divides us for good. Oh, interesting. Or it could bring us together even closer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, well, on that note, today we are uh, recasting The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. The reason that we were doing this movie is, was actually suggested to us by filmmaker Gillian McKercher, who, if you haven't listened yet, go back and check out the most recent episode before this one, which is an interview between myself and Gillian. Yes. And so her reasoning was that... Leonardo DiCaprio was just way too old to play Jordan Belfort. And, like, because the character, when we start off, he's in his 20s, I think it is, late 20s. Um, I did the math the other day and I already forgot. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's his, I think he's in his early 20s when he starts. I think he's oh, okay. 22 or 23. He's young. Yeah, so... And Leonardo DiCaprio was 39 when this movie came out. Right. Yeah. So I, I agree with Jillian. He is too old. And quite frankly, like, I guess I, I guess he says his age in the movie. I've already forgotten. But, um, you know, when I see him with Margot Robbie, I, to me, it looks like, oh, okay, he's got a young trophy wife. But in reality, those two human beings, like the real people, are the same age. Dive right in because I feel like there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Well, sorry, I know we do want to dive right in, but uh, I did want to continue with our iTunes reviews that we've been doing for the past several oh. episodes. So today's iTunes review comes to us from KEW Marshall, who um, I'm pretty sure I know who this is, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be a guest on a future episode. So stay tuned. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, the review is, I think everyone has had a moment when watching a movie when they wonder, how was this person cast in this? This podcast explores that to its fullest by recasting multiple people in their fantasy version of what could have been. It's our dream, dream cast. <laughs> it is, yeah. We're just, you know what, we're doing, this is like charity work that we're doing. <laughs> That's how yeah. I am. We're just being really altruistic and trying to help. Hollywood and hopefully they're listening yes I mean we keep trying I don't think they're listening yeah okay so let's let's dive in like yes because I, I feel like there is a lot to cover this is a three-hour movie for anyone who has not watched this movie it's three hours I lost three hours of my life yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I've actually lost four hours of my life because I saw it once and I just I honestly could not bear to sit through the whole thing again so I watched it until the battery on my laptop died and I said okay I'm done and that was about an hour oh, wow. okay. <laughs> but okay so first we should begin with the box office numbers 
so the budget of this movie was a hundred million, and box office was three hundred and ninety-two million. So it did quite well. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember at the time it was a ginormous hit. Yeah, it was definitely a, a box office success for sure. Yeah, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, the synopsis is. Based on the true story of Jordan Belfort, from his rise to a wealthy stockbroker living the high life to his fall involving crime, corruption, and the federal government. Yes, it's a true story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's based on so, his memoir, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right, that's mm-hmm. right. And this is a Martin Scorsese. Is it Scorsese or Scorsese? Oh, I like don't a, know. Is this like tomato, tomato? <laughs> In that you can say either one. <laughs> yeah. What is the correct way? Can someone write in and tell us how to pronounce? I always call him Martin Scorsese. Oh, really? Well, I'm not Italian, but I do a really great racist Italian accent, and I would say it's Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I should probably cut that out. Okay, so I'm going to call him Scorsese. Okay. And I'm going to call him Scorsese. Okay. That's, maybe I sound really pretentious by pronouncing it that way. I don't no, care. No, it's okay. So you this right. was this was the fifth time that Martin Scorsese had collaborated with Leonardo DiCaprio on a movie. Totally. Yeah. And they had all been hits in the past too, right? Or at least like maybe yeah, not bangers like this. Yeah, their movies have always done relatively well. And for anyone who doesn't know um, anything about this movie, it was also nominated for five Oscars, but it didn't win any. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But it was nominated. So it was, uh, it did pretty well that year. It came out in, it was 2013, you said, right? Yes. Okay, so who's going first with their casting? Oops, a peek behind the curtain. Usually we decide this before we begin recording. I know. <laughs> want to, I think you should go first. I actually think... Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go first and I'll <laughs> tell you why. Fight. Because I know, right? I did tell you a little bit about what I thought of the movie before we started. So in the honor of like me being surprised, I will go first. <laughs> okay. 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 Do you want to... Do you want to tell our listeners, Lucia, what your feelings are on The Wolf of Wall Street? Like, what you thought of this movie? I, I think you should you should be honest. Full disclosure. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, when Janet said, is there anything you'd like to tell me about the movie before we begin? I said, I hated it. I really hated this movie. <laughs> I hated it the first time I saw it. I really wasn't interested in revisiting it. I think it is... A disgusting and accurate portrayal of capitalism in the U.S. <laughs> because, because like, everything he does is truly abhorrent, but people love it and they praise him and they jump on board. And he doesn't really get in that much trouble for what he did. And that's America. Congratulations. So, yeah, yeah it just, it represents the excess that I find really gross. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you obviously agreed with Jillian. You thought that Leonardo DiCaprio was the wrong choice for this role. Yeah, I really did. Okay. I also, I've said this before, that I do think he's a good actor. I think there's no question about that. Nobody's going to fight me on that. But I don't think he's all that charming. 
And I don't know, I think this role requires some charm because I don't know much about Jordan Belfort, the person, but he must be charming to have, I don't know, to have reached where he did. I don't think you could do that without charm. Charming, but in like a sleazy, shyster sort of way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I just, I don't find Leonardo DiCaprio charming. I just find him to be a little bit on that sleazy side. And that's more of a recent thing. Like in the last 10 years or so, I've really grown to like, I don't know. He just has grown distasteful to me. So just to let everybody know, we're recasting its two roles only that we're doing. So it's the Jordan Belfort role uh, and also Donnie Azoff, the Jonah Hill role. And for the longest time, I thought his name was Johnny not Donnie. Oh, oh my God. I thought you were going to say that you thought his name was Johnny Hill, not Jonah. (laughs) 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 Oh no. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, No, I thought the character's name, I thought they kept pronouncing it Johnny. So when I Googled it, I was like, hey, (laughs) his name is Donnie. Wow. That's great. Well, I mean, when he introduces himself, he's wearing, well, he's wearing these false teeth throughout the whole movie. But so I could see you making that mistake at the introduction for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really curious to hear who you cast as Jordan Belfort. Okay. As I said, I think the role requires somebody more charming. And as you said, it requires somebody who's sleazy. So I think I found somebody who's the best of both worlds. And um, that's Matt Zucri. He is from The Good Wife and Gilmore Girls and this movie called I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, which it's mostly um, his role in Gilmore Girls and I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell that that showed me that he could absolutely portray Jordan Belfort and really convincingly. Okay, I honestly don't know who that person is. I will have to Google it once we finish this podcast. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> now, age-wise, Matt Zucri is only three years younger than Leonardo DiCaprio, but he does look super young, I think, and I just, I really think he could pull it off and give the role what it needs. Right. Yeah, see, I think part of maybe what Jillian was saying and what you're saying as well is even though... Yeah, I mean, he was, what, 38 years old or whatever, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, when they filmed, he looks old. He does. He looks pretty yeah, that's worn. What I find with Le- Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, here we go, trashing oh, no. these people again. But I don't feel that Leonardo DiCaprio has aged very gracefully over the years, yeah. which still shocks me endlessly because I don't know he was just so beautiful when he was younger and so to see him get old because he's about my age I'm a bit older than he is but I feel like I've grown up with Leonardo DiCaprio and, and watching his work so to see him get old and have like an older face it's kind of jarring sometimes because he I just never thought that he would age the way he has yeah but i mean he definitely has the reputation of being a big time party boy um yeah and you know that wears on you yeah eventually um okay so uh who did you cast as donnie azoff 
Well, actually, I had a secondary um, choice for oh, Jordan Belfort. Did? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that Robert Pattinson would have been an interesting pick for this. <laughs> no way. Uh, for those who don't know, yes, he is in the Twilight movies, but he's also done some like Cronenberg stuff and he's done some dark, interesting roles where I think he could do this. I think he doesn't get enough credit because of Twilight. And so people tend to dismiss him. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. What dark, interesting roles have you seen him in? Oh, I don't remember the names of the movies. I think it's called Cosmo... uh, Cosmopolis? Something like that? Is that the David Cronenberg film that you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, I should know the name. (laughs) Did you cast him because he's the new Batman? No, I cast him before I knew he was the new Batman. Okay. Um, sorry, I hope you didn't hear that. An alarm just went off on my phone. <laughs> oh. um, okay, I don't know who your first pick was, but I'm just going to go with him because <laughs> I absolutely cannot see Robert Pattinson in this role. Okay. Like, no way. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Now, moving on to Donny Azoff. You're not going to like my picks for that either. How many do you have? Two. Ten. No, I have two. I have two. And they're very different from one another, but I really would like to have seen what either of them would have done with the role. Um, So my number one choice is Simon Helberg from The Big Bang Theory. He... (laughs) Oh, is that... Which one is he? He is the one... Okay, I don't know if you watch the show, but he's the one married to the blonde lady on the show. Oh, he's Howard Wallowitz. Sure. Yeah. I don't know any character names. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Um, Howard. Yeah, so he, I don't know, that one, I, I had a hard time casting the Donny Azoff role. I don't like what Jonah Hill did with it. And like in terms of physicality or whatever, because I kind of, I was curious as to why he was cast. And so I was looking at pictures of the real guy and I was like, maybe they really look alike or whatever. But no, they don't. So I didn't see a need to keep somebody who, you know, resembles, physically resembles Jonah Hill in any way. And um, I think that Simon Helberg could get that kind of like, well, because, I mean, Donnie is kind of a nerd, at least the way he comes across in the movie. This nerd who got all this money and power and like went crazy, but a nerd nonetheless. And Simon Helberg has kind of made a career on that. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, I think he would have been good at it. And then my second choice is really different. Um, It's Jason Siegel from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Love You Man uh, and How I Met Your Mother. Jason Siegel. Yeah. Oh, that name sounds so familiar. Did you see Forgetting Sarah Marshall? No. Did you see Freaks and Geeks? No. Did you see How I Met Your Mother? Yes, I've watched How I Met Your Mother. He's Marshall, the lawyer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I don't know. He has a different look for sure. And he has a different personality and style. And so if the only thing you've seen him as is Marshall, it might be a little bit tricky to picture him as Donny Azoff. But in I Love You Man, for example, he he's kind of this like, I don't know, this weird guy. Oh, and also in um, what's it called? Knocked Up, where I think these are kind of close to the real person that he is, where he's a little bit odd kind of quiet but like when he says stuff that it's 
you kind of like take notice because you're like, what? And so watching that scene in the restaurant where Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill are talking about Donnie being married to his cousin. Yes. Not that I think Jason Siegel is into incest or anything like that, but just like the weirdness of it. I was like, oh, I could see him doing this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to picture it. And I don't know if I see I'm not familiar with his work. Like I mainly know him from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. I can't recall any film work that I've seen him in. So that's I think why maybe I'm having a hard time picturing him yeah. in that role. Yeah, definitely. If if all I knew him from was How I Met Your Mother, I never would have thought of him for this role. Okay. Yeah. So those are my picks. <laughs> I oh, okay. see that you uh, probably weren't in agreement with any of them, but that's cool. <laughs> well, the Robert Pattinson, like, I think <laughs> is hilarious. Hmm, okay. Um, I mean, I've seen some of his work, and I don't think that he's a bad actor. I think he's certainly better than than the Twilight material, obviously. <laughs> so my opinion of him is not based on Twilight, let's put it that way, because I have seen enough of his work okay. to, I think, have like a judgment call about him. I don't see what I think other people see in him in terms of his work. Like I said, I don't think he's a bad actor. I just feel like people overestimate his talent. Interesting. But, yeah, I definitely can't see him as Jordan Belfort. But like I said, I, I don't know your first pick either. Yeah, Simon Hel What's his name? Simon Helberg? Yes. Okay, yeah, I could see him maybe as that character. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that actor, Simon Helberg, would have loved to have been in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I bet he would. <laughs> to work with Scorsese, of course. <laughs> okay, so my picks... Actually, uh, sorry, before we do that... Oh. Okay. I know. Sorry, sorry. I just, I think this is probably a good time to take a quick break. Oh, sure. Women's entrepreneurship in Alberta is growing and evolving, and it's more dynamic than ever before. ATB is working to change the game for women entrepreneurs in Alberta. The first goal, bringing down barriers by helping women access the networks, resources, and funding they need to unleash their potential. With ATB's dedicated experts, innovative solutions, and deep understanding of Alberta business, they can help women entrepreneurs get where they want to be. Join the community by visiting ATB's Build Her Business Crowdfunding for Women Entrepreneurs Facebook page. And now, back to the show. Okay, and we're back. Sorry to have interrupted you, Janet. Yeah, thanks, Lucia. <laughs> it's all about you. Um, okay, so my picks, uh, it's interesting because while I agree with you and with uh, Jillian as well in terms of Leonardo DiCaprio perhaps looking too old for the role, I actually didn't hate him in this role. Ooh. Yeah, I actually thought he did a really good job and I was kind of like, oh, I have to recast him? I think this type of role is a huge challenge for an actor. I think you need an actor who has an extensive toolkit for this type of role. You know what I mean? Someone who's like experienced, someone who can tackle like a big, complex 
loud, blustering, like just this obnoxious <laughs> role and be believable. Someone who doesn't look like they're making like a complete asshole of themselves because the character essentially is, in my opinion, he was an asshole, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like the epitome of excess. So I think you need an actor who can portray that and still be somewhat likable. Like it goes back to what you were saying about the the charm factor. Mm -hmm. And even though Jordan Belfort, yeah, like he comes across as like, sure, he's a sleazebag and he's a con artist, but there is a certain charm about him because he is able to be very persuasive and charm people, right? Mm -hmm. So the only actor that I thought could do this role and do it perhaps better than Leonardo DiCaprio is Ryan Gosling. Oh, of course. Because like I said, I think it's someone, it has to be an actor who's got a lot of experience, who's got a really extensive toolkit. And I feel like Ryan Gosling totally could have played this role. And he's younger as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would have been about 33 years old Mm -hmm. when this movie came out. And also, Ryan Gosling looks young. Yeah. He has, like, a pretty young-looking face. So I think in that respect, he would have been believable. Yeah, I'm picturing Um, him in the role, and yeah, he would have been amazing. Ryan Gosling has that presence and he's able to like do that sort of blustering loud kind of performance even though a lot of his roles he does like very quiet sort of interior performances I could totally see him being able to pull off a role like this Mm -hmm. and do it convincingly and be charming and still be likable to the audience because there's a lot of parts in the movie that are supposed to be comedic I guess I didn't necessarily find them funny but the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio has with Jonah Hill where they take those quaaludes they're like really old but then it doesn't kick in until later on like that's supposed to be a funny scene right yeah again I feel that Ryan Gosling he's able to do serious performances really dramatic but he's proven that he is able to do comedy so I think he could have pulled it off really well maybe if he was in the role I wouldn't have hated him so much (laughs) you wouldn't have hated his face yeah exactly exactly as Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) his face is so punchable (laughs) yeah one of those punchable faces oh yeah Leonardo DiCaprio yes not Ryan Gosling of course (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to clarify that (laughs) so then the role of Johnny Azoff (laughs) (laughs) or Donnie Azoff played by Jonah Hill so Jonah Hill you know what I don't want to like shade Jonah Hill because I don't dislike him okay I don't but I didn't like him in this role okay and I know that this role must have been a huge get for him because you know he got to work in a film of this caliber right with this kind of prestigious director the whole time that I was watching Jonah Hill, I felt I was watching a character from an SNL skit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, yeah, like with the teeth and everything, yeah, it's supposed to be like an over-the-top character. I get it. But he looked ridiculous, and I didn't buy him in the role at all. Like, the whole time I was like, this is a skit from Saturday Night Live, essentially. So I really was not buying him. So I had a hard time, actually, casting this one because I really was trying to think of actors who I thought could pull this off and usually I'm really good at doing this and it I really had to like stretch my imagination for this one but I came up with Zachary Quinto Uh, what do you know who who he is yes oh yeah yeah I think he could have pulled this off and let me explain why sorry I said okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's how I felt about Jason Siegel. <laughs> or Siegel. Siegel? I don't know. So, Zachary Quinto, I like him because the thing about Zachary Quinto that has always impressed me is his versatility. And he's consistently good at it. That is the one thing that has always really impressed me about his body of work. Because when you look at everything that he has done, he's done serious dramatic roles, right? Like with Star Trek and a lot of other serious dramatic roles. I didn't like sit here and write out his whole filmography, but he's done theater as well. And he's done a lot of comedy, which, yeah, he has. He was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Did you know that? Oh, no. I'm behind on that show. Yeah, and he's done a lot of comedy shorts. I don't think you've ever watched the show Girls, but I'm sure some of our listeners have. He did a stint on Girls. That was quite good. So, for me, he's somebody who could have tackled the comedic aspect because I felt like that character is supposed to be... He is over the top and he is supposed to be funny. Yet, he's also kind of blustering as well. Maybe Mm -hmm. not as much as Jordan, but kind of on the same level. They're both pretty loud and obnoxious. And I just feel like Zachary Quinto could have done it. I don't know. I, I could see him doing it. I think I've seen enough of his work that he could definitely fill those shoes and do it really well. And not come off as an SNL character in a skit that's funny because yeah it's very much like the jason siegel thing because i'm pretty sure the only thing i've seen him in is star trek and yeah yeah, you have to check out you have to check out some of his comedy he's done a lot of comedy shorts and he's actually quite good at comedy he's really good like i said he's so versatile and he's just consistently good at everything he does i feel like he doesn't get enough attention okay cool but i think he could have done it so he was my pick okay so we dove right in and i didn't even get to ask you the hundred thousand dollar question did you like the movie that's a really complex question (laughs) (laughs) really because i I think it's a yes or no question no it's not Uh, feel like it's not like a yes or no answer (laughs) because there were certain things that I liked about the movie like the actual subject matter I mean I feel like this sort of movie do we need another one of these movies is what I kept asking myself while I was watching it yeah I feel like we've seen so many movies about 
Wall Street, Wall Street traders who have like screwed people over. You know, there's so many of these stories that basically at their root, they're all the same. They just have different players. So I kind of, I was like, do we need another one of these movies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we? No, I don't think we do. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. But the movie was very successful at the box office. So clearly it is something that makes money and people still have an appetite for it. For me, I think that part of the reason that I don't like it is maybe not even the movie's fault, but you know when you see those, what would you call them? Like those little videos of people exiting a theater and saying what they thought of the movie? No, I've never seen these videos. Where where can I see these videos? I don't know. You Okay, it's usually... <laughs> It's usually more for stage play theater rather than a movie theater. But sometimes, I don't know, you see it on like commercials for the movie. (laughs) Um, But so everybody coming out of this movie. Sorry, let me rephrase that. All the guys coming out of this movie are like, yeah, that was so fucking cool. That guy's the fucking best. I want to be just like him. And that's what I hate about this stupid movie is I think that it really did glorify that behavior and that, I don't know, it it didn't, uh, I don't know how to put this without sounding like some like prude or whatever. No, no, no. I, I understand what you're trying to say, <laughs> but I think what you just said, all the guys coming out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. I was going to say men, but I couldn't even say that because it's all the guys coming out of the movie. And I think that's, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That this sort of movie definitely appeals Mm -hmm. to a certain demographic of viewers. Yes. Right? And I was watching it and I was thinking, this is like a frat. boy party fart fest is what this is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen this in film forever. And we'll see more more movies like this, I'm sure, because clearly there is an appetite for it. But yeah, I think that was maybe one of the issues that I sort of had with it, too. It was like, I don't know that this movie was made for me Mm -hmm. like I can't connect with anything that's going on (laughs) in the movie I'm with you though like I don't really care to see like all that excess like all the drugs all the sex I was just like yeah this is too much there's a lot of this going on and you know after three hours of this I need to take a disinfecting that that was on purpose because in the sense of in some symbolic way of like we're gonna make this movie to excess because this guy's life was to excess (laughs) no i don't know we would have to have martin scorsese on as a guest to ask him that dear martin scorsese please come on the podcast and we promise to learn how to pronounce your name first (laughs) yeah exactly he could tell us how to pronounce his name yeah i Like I said, I didn't dislike 
Leonardo DiCaprio's performance. I thought he was actually very good. I thought he tackled the role really well, and I actually enjoyed his performance. And I can't say that about a lot of his performances anymore. Mm, okay. I used to be the person who would run out and watch his movies the first weekend that the movie would be out. I would I would be out there, and I definitely I would say in the last five years or so, like his work. I don't know. I don't think that he challenges himself as an actor in terms of taking on versatile roles. I think a lot of his stuff is just, you know, it's that that desperate, thirsty grab for an Oscar. Now he has it, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe so, now we'll no, get something challenging out of him. Yeah, maybe he'll do something different for a change. So, and Jonah Hill, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if you found this, this fun fact I don't usually do the fun facts that's usually your bag Mm -hmm. but Jonah Hill said on Howard Stern and he was only paid $60,000 for his performance in this movie which was the lowest amount that he could get paid as per SAG yeah Um, and he because he wanted so badly to be in this movie and to work with Scorsese that he basically took like the smallest salary that he could get. Meanwhile, DiCaprio over there made like ten million dollars. Oh no no. DiCaprio was paid twenty five million dollars for this role. Oh I didn't I didn't see that. Well he was also he was a producer on the movie as well. Okay. But like you said earlier, the budget was one hundred million Leonardo DiCaprio was paid $25 million, one quarter of the movie's entire budget. Oh, wow. Where did you see that? That's interesting. Do you um, know where you got that? I got it on IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. And I did know, I had uh, read about Jonah Hill, speaking of thirsty. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. Fine. You want to work with Scorsese. I personally, maybe because I'm not that demographic, Uh, that is like Scorsese fandom that like I'm genuinely worried we might get murdered or I might get murdered for saying anything bad about him but no one listens to our (laughs) but I just it's not that I think Scorsese is a bad director I think he's very overrated he's good but people seem to like bow down at his feet and I don't get that right okay but anyway now that we're into fun facts I do have a few go for it so Matthew McConaughey is in this movie. I know. I'm so happy when I saw him. <laughs> you were? Yeah, I love Matthew McConaughey. Oh, in like okay. an ironic sort of, in an ironic way, I love him. <laughs> so when he's in the restaurant with Leonardo DiCaprio and he starts pounding his chest and making guttural grunts, this was not part of the movie. This is Matthew McConaughey's ritual. Yeah, he does that. Didn't you know that? No. What kind of a lunatic is he? No, see, I knew this about him. Oh, my goodness. can you start brushing up on your Matthew McConaughey trivia? No. No, I can't. (laughs) Basically, like, every bit of trivia I saw, I wrote down and then wrote at the end, ugh. Everything about this just bugs me. It's that frat boy culture. It's, like, just so irritating. The actors snorted crushed B vitamins. And yeah, and then Jonah Hill had to be hospitalized for bronchitis because of it, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Jonah Hill strikes me as that guy who's like, and you know what? I'm not making fun of him because I can actually relate to Jonah Hill <laughs> because I think I am that person myself. But he's like that nerd that wants to hang out with like the cool kids so badly that he'll do anything to hang out with the cool kids, including taking like a pittance of a salary. Yeah. I feel Jonah Hill. I understand that on some level. Like he's like the underdog and I I get that and I totally can like sympathize with that. But yeah, when I hear these stories about Jonah Hill, like I always think he's like that kid that's trying so hard to hang with the cool kids. Yeah. I mean, I love him in those 21 Jump Street movies. I really do. But other than that, I know him from like Superbad and Forgetting Sarah Marshall and he was goofy and funny and part of the Apatow kind of crowd. And then he started getting some, you know, meteor roles, like he's good in Moneyball and he's in this and whatever. But since then, he has become such a pretentious ass that I just, I can't deal with him anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He made a movie um, last year, I want to say. Uh, I forget what it's called. It had a really like generic title and it was about his or at least loosely based on his um like adolescence and hearing him promote that movie on Seth Meyers he sounded like he was curing cancer <laughs> well he's like i'm not defending Jonah Hill but i think that a lot of actors certainly come across that way yeah and i have i personally have no patience for that but yeah, yeah you're right the other thing i wanted to mention is that this movie won the award for the most number of times fuck is said in a film. Yeah, I, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny because I saw various accounts of, like, how many times, anywhere from 506 to 619 times mm -hmm. in 180 yeah. minutes. So, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> what other fun facts do you have there? Olivia Wilde had auditioned for the role that eventually went to Margot Robbie. I'm so glad she didn't get it. Well, me too. But do you know why she didn't? Because she refused to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, they told her she was too old to play Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's younger than he is by like 10 years. Yeah, and she's the exact age of the real life character. Margot Robbie is like six or seven years younger than the real life character. So, yeah, that, ugh, and uh, again, ugh, I say ugh after every fun fact about this movie because it's not know, fun at all. I know, We don't have to say a lot of negative things about this movie because I think that anyone who regularly listens to our podcast will already know what we think of that attitude, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah, it's very much, it's that really misogynistic mm -hmm. sort of vibe that it doesn't roll with me. Yeah. But it shouldn't, yeah, like as a woman, that's not going to appeal to me, obviously. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think there are lots of women who like this movie. Oh, I don't know anyone who does. Oh. <laughs> but if you're, hey, listeners, if you're a woman and you loved this movie, please showed at us and tell us why you loved it yeah please please email us because i genuinely want to know your viewpoint and what it is that you like about it okay um that's all i have for fun facts i don't know about you i have no fun facts okay and jonah hill 
getting the shaft <laughs> on its salary. Okay. So um, the ratings for this movie on IMDb, the critic score was 75%. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it was 78%. So it's okay. actually a little lower than I would have expected. Oh, really? Okay. Critically, it did quite well. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I would have, I honestly would have thought that the critics would have put this into like the mid to high 80s. Uh, oh, well. But yeah, I don't know. I was kind of glad that it was lower. Okay. <laughs> let's move on to our next segment. Okay. And let's take a break before we do that. As you know, Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. The Alberta Podcast Network has a slew of amazing podcasts that you should be listening to. If you like sports, check out the Hockey Feels podcast. Listen as hosts Stephen and Rachel talk about how hockey makes us feel. You can listen to this and so many other amazing shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And now, back to the show. And we're back, and it is time for our favorite segment. Yes! Hold me close, young Tony Danza. <laughs> Don't laugh at my singing. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm laughing at that our audio never works. <laughs> well, yeah. If I'm going to record in my studio, a.k.a. closet, then I yeah. can't always have the audio set up for that. <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So it is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So, Janet, would you like to go first? Sure. So I cast... Danza as Jordan Belfort's dad. Very nice. Yeah, because let's face it, Tony Danza, like, come on, he's got that Long Island <laughs> accent, like, down, right? And he could play Jordan's dad perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like, Jordan's dad was always flipping out, trying to keep him in line, trying yeah. to kick his ass into line, and it's like, that is Tony Danza. Tony Danza <laughs> is like the ultimate dad, for sure. I could totally see him in that role. Mind you, I loved Rob Reiner in that role. Me too. Like, I thought Rob Reiner was, he was a shining moment for me in the movie. Nice. Every time he came on screen, I was like, yes, he was just, <laughs> he was so good. But uh, yeah, I would cast Tony Danza in that role. Well... We are on a streak, Janet, because I also cast him as Mad Max Belfort. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And for the exact same reasons. Like, of course, he's got the accent. He's the ultimate dad. And Rob Reiner is one of the few people in this movie that has some sort of moral compass. So that's why I wanted to cast Tony Danza in that role. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love it. That's, yeah, that's a good way of articulating it, Lucia. Oh. That, that character did have somewhat of a moral compass. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay, so that just about does it for us this month. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Nothing else. Other than that, I will never watch another three-hour movie. I don't care who suggests it for this podcast. Sorry, Jillian. I don't, care who. I don't care. Listen, I don't care if Ryan Gosling emails us and suggests <laughs> a movie. If that movie is three hours long, no way. No way. I call time limit. It has to be like under three hours, any movie that we choose for this podcast. 
I agree, but I don't believe you for one second. If Ryan Gosling suggested it, we would be doing it. Well, maybe. maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. He, he's a maybe. So our next month's movie... Oh, I'm the worst. I've already forgotten. We said it right before we started recording. How could you forget? This was one of your oh. picks. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Uh, the next movie we'll be doing is Point Break, the original with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, not this new one that came out a few years ago. I have never seen this movie. And I could not be happier to help you correct that mistake in life. This is yeah, this is a first-time watch for me, and I'm excited because I've heard so much about this movie <laughs> over the years that I'm I'm stoked. But I hope it's it hasn't. Surfers, right? I'm yeah. Stoked yes. To watch this movie. <laughs> um, I just hope it hasn't been too hyped up for you. Like your expectation is way too high now. I don't really have high expectations for it. I'm okay. joking. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be like, well, I don't know. I don't really have any expectations, so maybe that's a good thing. Okay. I've just heard a lot about it. Okay, well, I can't wait to see it again. It's been so many years since I've seen it. So I think we can easily say that the wolf of Wall Street did not divide us. Yeah, I'm really pleased. We, we agreed on it, so. I was kind of means, worried this was going to be the podcast's last episode. Yeah, this would be our last podcast. No, it didn't divide us, so we'll be back next month with Point Break. Excellent. <laughs> well, as always, you can find us on all the social media stuffs at Repodcasting. Also, you can review us on iTunes, rate and review. Or, sorry, I guess it's not even on iTunes anymore, on Apple Podcasts. Apparently that helps. I don't know. And, uh... As always, we love to get listener emails, so you can email us at repodcasting at gmail.com. So next month, watch Point Break and join us for that. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Looking for tickets to major sporting events, concerts, or theater events in your area? Use SeatGiant.ca. It's a ticket resale site. SeatGiant is Canadian-owned and operated, and they guarantee every ticket. All of their ticket prices are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. You can use the promo code APN, all lowercase, at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. What does the APN stand for? Alberta Podcast Network, of course. So find more than a million tickets at seatgiant.ca and use the offer code APN to get 5% off at checkout.